Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Here we are at the Thomas and Mack Center. Summer League action is going on. It is day two, but it's really the day one where everything goes on. There's already some games being played. Matter of fact, uh, earlier we saw Dallas and Chicago. Now San Antonio and Cleveland are taking place right now. And uh, we're here all afternoon here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And right now we're joined at the table at the booth here by <laughs> Mo DeKeel. Here's He's here to talk all things NBA and I'm still learning this whole TV, camera, video. I'm learning this stuff. Still. It's a lot going on. I don't know if I'm supposed to look at you or I look know. at the camera while we're talking. It's, it's an awkward. It is. It's really an awkward type thing. So these guys, I got to give hats off to all the guys that do this TV stuff on the regular because me being a radio guy, look, I don't have to look any direction. I don't have. To, I'm looking at this red light and I'm thinking, that's, okay, that's it. I better stay locked on this red light. But uh, I'm definitely here. Uh, definitely excited to have you here as well to talk yeah. some NBA action. And of course, we're here for summer league. And first off, let's just start there i mean how has how has your summer league experience been so far it's been great it's just just started really this is uh i i came in late yesterday so i just caught the games at the hotel and then this is my first uh run today at the arena this this summer league so uh i'm working my way back through it the whole system again of like all right bunch of games each day sit down let's lock in and, and and have a good time with it right and you know the thing i tell people about it all the time when we give out tickets is that, man this is the one chance you're going to get really to be up close and personal with these up-and-coming stars you see players you see coaches right. gms i mean there's so many people just walking around i mean it's like you have to keep your head on a swivel there's just so many people here yeah you're just going to pass by guys you know in the hallway and things like that and you know this is the closest access you're going to get to guys really in in the sense of this isn't the way it is at like an NBA game, right? <laughs> right. Like you're, you're able to like, it's general seating. You're able to come down for the most part. There's some sections cordoned off, but like otherwise you're, you have open areas to move and move about. I think this is one of those things. And then on top of that, this is going to see the most collection of young guys right. throughout the entire NBA. Like these are, it's a little bit of a cliche, but these are the rising stars of the NBA. And you're going to get to see a bunch of them in one day. And, and I think that's kind of the, the real appeal for fans to come through and come watch this. How important is it for these guys that are out there competing? Because some of these guys were top ten picks. Top, we saw a top three matchup last yeah. night, right? But some of these guys were picked in the second round, and you know that just in case you're picked in the second round, that doesn't mean you're going to even make the roster. Hell, if you're picked in the top 15, doesn't mean you're going to make the roster. To have this competition on the stage that they have right now in front of not only the teams that they're representing but all the other teams in the league, how important is that? I think it's huge. You know, I think uh, this is an ability for some of these guys to showcase their talents. Look. The, the first round guys all have guaranteed contracts. Some of the second round guys have right. guaranteed contracts. There's a large number of guys who are playing in summer league who went undrafted. There's a large number of guys who are playing for a contract or, or been running around the league a little bit for a while. And, and the important thing to know too is not just the NBA. You know, the goal is the NBA. Right, right, right. But true. you have scouts from European leagues. You have scouts from the the Chinese leagues, from the NBL in Australia. Like everybody's here. This is an opportunity for some of these guys 
to get a, their next basketball job. Like, it's a real important thing for all of these guys, you know, besides just the top first-round picks. Right, no doubt about it. He's Mo DeKeel for thejumpball.net. I'm Q Myers. This is Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And the expansion of this, this has grown. I remember when I came here when I was a kid watching Summer League. It was great. Now, growing up, it's just monstrous. I mean, this thing is just continues to grow each and every year. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal, and I think it's a great event that the NBA puts on. I think you got to give a shout-out to Warren Legary, who, who really kind of started the Vegas Summer League and yeah. continued to, to grow this. I think it's, it's everybody comes now every right. year. This is, the, this is almost the – if you're not at Summer League, <laughs> you're not in the NBA circles you need to be in, and I think this is one of those things across the board, whether it's coaches, whether it's, it's media members, whether it's just fans. Like, right. this is the whole NBA world comes down to Vegas for the next week and a half. You know, you mentioned coaches. This is a, a showcase for them as well because it's not the, the normal coaches. It's not, you know, you don't have Pop on the sideline. You don't have Steve Kerr. But those guys that want to be that head coach at some point, this is their chance as well. Yeah, I mean, just look at it this way. Will Hardy has a head coaching job with the Utah Jazz. Right. He was an assistant with the Boston Celtics this year. But during his time in San Antonio, he coached the summer league team several times. You know, I, I think you see a lot of coaches. You know, that's, that's just one name that pops in my right. head, but there's a large number of them. Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond, Las right. Vegas Aces head yeah. coach. Yeah. She was a head coach here for Summer League. It's an opportunity for those guys and ladies to get reps, and, and, and it's important to keep that going, and, and that's something that it allows them to run practice. It's, you know, I talked with a buddy of mine, uh, Zach Guthrie, who I'm still an assistant in Washington. Uh, you know, when he was running the, the Summer League team, he's like, yeah, I didn't realize I have to decide what time the bus leaves. <laughs> right. I have to decide all the practice details and things like that. When you're assistant, you don't have to worry about no. it. You just get the schedule and you go. Yep, exactly. That's how it is, man. Anytime you all of a sudden have to make the decision, you're like, wait, hold on. I got to do that? <laughs> yeah. I thought this was just done for me. There's not a manual? <laughs> it's, it's an important part. You know, it's, that's just the way it goes. Right, absolutely. And so is there a player or two, like I said, we had a top, top matchup last night, but is there a couple players that you really are focusing on that you really want to see what they got? I mean, a lot of times it's the second year guys I'm more okay. interested yeah. in in the summer league. Yeah. You know, it's it's the Jonathan Kaminga, it's Moses right. Moody on on the uh, Warriors, for mm -hmm. example, or just guys you want to see how they've improved. Josh Giddy for Oklahoma City and how he's kind of took what did he learn from the NBA season and right. what's he going to work on now. And it's those are the, those are the guys that are, summer league's almost more crucial for them than the rookies. The rookies, it's great. It's an mm -hmm. opportunity to first ta uh, taste of somewhat NBA life, but it's not NBA basketball, like at the end of the day, right? right? Like, And for them, they're just trying to get acclimated to everything. They just got two weeks ago, they didn't have a team. <laughs> right. Now right. they're all of a sudden in a new situation and things, so they're learning. I think it's the second-year guys that I think are the ones that are most important to watch for. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I've heard a, a player say that, hey, I want to go back again because I want to get in that rhythm with my new teammates, you know, second-year guys, third-year guys that want to be here just to try to do that with the rookies. I think that's big, and it shows that they want to compete as well. Yeah, and I think that's just a, a, along those lines of you got to be able to get keep the rhythm going and working out. The stuff you've been working on in the gym, that's great. Now bring it on to the court, and I think this is an opportunity to do that in a more organized setting than the, the pickup ball that we're going to get in the summertime that we're all going to see the Instagram videos of and we're right. all going to rave about <laughs> Hoodie Mellow or whoever yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but this is more organized in that sense and a little more closer to the NBA game than those pickup games. Talking right now with Mo DeKeel. He's live here just like we are at the Summer League, <laughs> man. Thomas and Mack Center this is where we're at. We're going to be here all afternoon long. This goes from the 7th, which was yesterday, to the 17th. I got to ask you some NBA yeah, questions, man. There was some big movement going on. NBA offseason is always a lot of fun, right? Rudy Gobert, he goes from Utah. He's in Minnesota, and there was a haul for him. How did that affect what's going on with Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets? 
Oh, I mean, it just it had to drive every team that was in the races for Kevin Durant completely nuts, right? Like it just if Rudy Gobert goes for a thousand picks, <laughs> right? Kevin Durant has to go for at least five thousand picks, yep, right? Or yep. you know, along those lines, and that's what you're looking at. In that, that now made it even harder. And and if you're Brooklyn, we can't take less no. for KD. That no. you know, for I mean, we have to get at least equal to what Rudy, the Rudy Gobert trade is, or what that equivalent is. And I think that's the important aspect of it, and that's how that affects the trade. It almost set the market now for the mm-hmm. KD trade and put Brooklyn in a tough spot, and every team trying to trade for with Brooklyn, you know, in a situation of like, really, well, how much are you going to give up? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I feel like it kind of put it uh, put them in the same position, almost like the Deshaun Watson deal in in in, uh, in the NFL deal, where they gave him two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed. It's like the rest of the league's like, wait a minute, hold on. You did what? <laughs> it always takes one team right. to change to yes. set the market, right? Yep. There's always those guys where you look at, like, okay, well, what's the market for, you know, Anthony Simons gets an $100 million right. extension. Now the Warriors and Jordan Poole are in conversations with an extension, and Jordan Poole's like, well, hey, we won a championship. I yeah. If he got year, that. <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? Right. And I think that it. There's always a team that sets the market, and the other teams are like, oh, gosh, what are you doing? Right, right. That's why sometimes it's a race to get that done first, right, yeah. to be the team that actually sets it instead of being the team that has to react to, to how the market is set. So as far as KD goes, we heard what Phoenix, we heard Miami. I think some people said Denver. You know, I think Lakers were kind of a dark horse. Where do you think the best fit for him would be? The best fit, honestly, I think it would be either Miami or Phoenix. Because assuming, let's just let's say Miami makes the trade, and assuming that it's Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. By the yeah. way, I don't think that's really how that would happen if he went to Miami. Right. But if he could slide right into that, that's a team right there that's contending for a championship. Obviously, with the the Suns, Devin Booker and Chris Paul with KD, right. that's massive, right? Like those teams are automatically contending for championships. I think interesting places are, you know, Toronto would be interesting depending on what yep. that package would look like. New Orleans could be really interesting with C.J. McCollum and Zion Williamson as a trio. Like, that's interesting. I don't know if that's enough to win a championship. Right, right. But it really makes it an interesting team, and it puts you in a position where it's like, all right, maybe we're just a piece away. Or, or, hey, we catch a break in the playoffs and we can go on a big run. I think those are the teams I'd kind of keep an eye out for. Those are going to be interesting. You know, Zion just uh, agrees to that big, massive extension. Uh, I, I love the talent and the potential that he has. And, of course, that extension was based off potential. He just can't stay healthy. What does he have to do? What does he have to do to be able to stay on the court? I think, for starters, the most part, and this might be a little bit unfair to say, but he's got to take care of his body better. Yeah, He's got to be able to make sure he's – He's eating right and, and, and handling all that stuff. You know, he's an explosive player, and he's a big, powerful player. So that's a lot of management on just your joints and things like right. that. Like, you need to make sure you're managing it properly. You're working properly. You're doing all of those things. And I'm not saying this in terms of, like, he's not. He's not doing it. It's just, just this is the reality right. of the situation, right. right? Like, he's a big guy. He's got to make sure yeah. he takes care of the body right. I think the basketball stuff will come through. I'm not worried about that side of it. But the actual taking care of the body stuff those are the things you got to take care of and, and if you're zion you got to really be careful about so then i got to go to Kyrie. we've got to transition to Kyrie. he was in la last night watching the sparks game all the conversation he's going to be a laker team back up with lebron where's Kyrie going you know honestly i think he's going to end up a laker okay. i just it just all the signs point to it i don't think it's like the uh, the best package the nets can get for him but i right. also don't think there's a great trade value in terms of Kyrie. On a one-year deal, I think teams are a little bit nervous about it. The Lakers are desperate. They really need to make a move this offseason to kind of get to that level of being right. in the conversation. And I think it's just they will ultimately, I think, end up sending some of their draft assets 
again, they're already short on assets. Right. They're going to send some more out to just make the move because, hey, you got to go try to win a championship. You have LeBron. He's not getting any younger. Yeah. you got to make that run, and I think that's the important thing you got to do if you're the Lakers. You can't really just sort of chill at this point. No. you got to make a run right now. LeBron, AD, and Kyrie, assuming all three are healthy, are, is a strong trio right there and gives you a great chance to compete for a title. It really does, and, and the West is no joke, right? The West is, is pretty loaded. You're assuming Denver's going to come back stronger, better than ever, with a healthy roster, right? The Joker is a two-time NBA uh, MVP. You know, there's a lot going on out West, so you've got to be able to load up, and, and that's going to be interesting to see if the Lakers can pull that off and what they do. And, of course, the team that is the defending champions right now, the Warriors, you mentioned Jonathan Kaminga a little earlier, uh, they have a lot of young talent. Does, does that young talent get more involved this year? I think they do. I think when you see that Gary Payton the second left for Portland, yeah. Otto Porter Jr. goes to uh, Toronto. You, those guys, especially Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, those guys got to step up. Now we know uh, James Wiseman is also coming back. You <laughs> want to see that continue. They have Kevon Looney, so it's not as urgent of a role that he needs to fill. But Kaminga and Moody have to step into those roles right away and fill that void that those guys left to really kind of continue that run. And I think they can. They're, they're talented. I think they got a lot of talent. I think Clay Thompson, another year, yeah, I think yeah. he's going to be even healthier, a little more fluid and things like that. I think this is – I was always more interested in this season coming up than what he was going to do last season because he's coming back from some big right. injuries. Big injuries, And, and, and yeah. I think now he kind of – his body will be more attuned into that, and, and I'm excited to see what he'll do in October. Before I let you go, you mentioned James Wiseman, so i got to tell the story. It would be, uh, would be unfair since we're here at Summer League. <laughs> this also happens at Summer League. Last year I was here with my son, and he's here now watching the game, and – I saw a guy. It was James Wiseman. In my mind, it was James Wiseman. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I walked up to him and said, hey, James, Q Myers, Radio Nation Radio 920. Can I do a quick interview with you? He said, yeah, sure, no problem. Cool. Everything's good. Get into the first line. Q Myers here, James Wiseman, da, da, da. Oh, I'm not James Wiseman. Oh, man. But it's you, in front of my son, Mo. <laughs> you couldn't have just pretend for a few minutes, man, like help me out. Like you couldn't have just done. You had to do that. You, when, when I said James, you, you, you agreed to right, an interview. Right. You just did this to set me up. Like, come on. Man, we were walking in here today, and my son's like, hey, are you going to get that James Wiseman interview? Again? Like, he's still, you know what I mean? Like, he won't your let son, that go. Well, no, your son's not going to let that go for no. life, man. That might be just a thing you're going to have to deal with and live with for man, a while. Man, he's going to say that at my funeral. He's going to be like, there was a time where this guy interviewed James Wiseman, but it wasn't James Wiseman. Oh, that's unbelievable. That, that, great, but that's a great story to have. It happens. It's going to happen. It, it shouldn't, but it does. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the fun of Summer League as well. People are walking around, and sometimes you think it's James Wiseman. And sometimes they're not. You're right. But it, it happens. Well, Mo, great stuff, man. Thanks for joining us here at the table. What do you got coming out? What should we be on the lookout for? You're deep in the NBA. Well, I just dropped an article on Bleacher Report about the, the Lakers signings and really what happens and how do they fit if Russell Westbrook's the one that comes back and they're not able to pull off a Kyrie Irving trade. Because it's possible. It is possible. But I'm glad you brought up Westbrook. Let me ask you about him because, uh, you know, Coach Ham says that, hey, you know, they gave up on Westbrook a little early. I think this guy's been an MVP in the league. He's a fantastic player. You've got to be able to use him, right? Shouldn't he be usable? I didn't like the trade when they had him. Okay. And, it's, and it's not about just whether Westbrook can play or not. Right. It's whether he can coexist with LeBron James. Russell Westbrook, to be an actual asset, needs the ball in his hands. Okay. And you know what? LeBron James is better with the ball in his hands than, than Russell Westbrook <laughs> right. is with the ball in his hands. Right. So you don't want to take the ball out of the best player's hands. Right. And I think that's the, the, the problem there. It was just never a good fit. 
Defensively, it's, it's a problem for the Lakers. I think there's just a lot of challenges with that spacing-wise, with the inability to shoot. Then you have Anthony Davis, who's not much of a shooter. Like, you just – this court shrinks so much, and it crowds the paint. It makes it difficult for the Lakers to kind of uh, coexist altogether, and I think that makes it harder. So – I'll be interested to see how Darvin Ham, what answer he has, and and let's see, you know how uh, yeah. let's see how long he stays with it before he starts talking about giving up too early. Well, maybe he's on his way to Brooklyn. <laughs> maybe he'll be <laughs> maybe on his way to Brooklyn, case. and Kyrie's on his way in. Well, Mo, thank you so much, man. This was fantastic stuff. We finally figured out what camera to look at, <laughs> and uh, now we're trying to wrap it up. But uh, go ahead and enjoy some summer league action, and thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. No doubt about it. There you go. Here with us on Unnecessary Roughness, Thomas and Max Center Summer League. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. We're live here at the Thomas and Mack Center. The site of Summer League 2K23 is going down in a major way. A lot of good action going on. We just had Mo DeKeel on from Bleacher Report, from Bleacher Report, thejumpball.net, talking all things NBA. And, well, that's what we're here for is the NBA. Of course, we're going to get back into some Raider football coming up at 3.30. We have Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. He's going to enjoy the show. Excited to talk to him. Always good to talk to him. Talk about the 16 best moves in the AFC. Of course, we'll focus on the Raiders. And the best move for the silver and black, according to Brad, was acquiring Devontae Adams. So that will be a conversation for 3.30. But right now, I'm very excited. And this is one of those proud Q moments. Uh, that I'm going to have here, and, and every once in a while I'm able to have this and had this moment last year here at Summer League, and that's when my son, Little Q, and he's not little. He's bigger than me, so it's hard to call him Little Q, but that's who he is. So uh, he joins us here now at the booth, and how you doing, young man? I'm doing good, real good. Just got <laughs> done watching the game. Yeah, yeah, you said Jaden Hardy, who is a local product. Uh, he went to Coronado High School in Henderson. You said he, uh, he balled out, huh? Yeah, he had 28. Nice, nice, but nice. But they ended up losing. Did they really? Yeah. Okay, okay. So uh, I know you haven't seen a whole lot of action. We, we just kind of got here at, you know, a little bit after 1 o'clock, so we were able to see some action. But uh, what are you seeing so far? Is anything looking good out there to you? Uh, it's just the atmosphere is crazy. Everybody's into the game. Uh, the energy on the court is crazy. It's yeah. just, it feels good. Feels Even being in the stands just feels good. Right? Well, I mean, you got the hoop dreams, man. I mean, you're sitting, standing six foot five, so you got the hoop dreams. You're trying to be on that court at one time. And for anyone that doesn't know, even though I talk about you all the time, you uh, just completed your freshman year at Western Oregon, uh, starting point guard. Uh, how, did, how did that go for you? That was great. It was a crazy experience. Uh, dream come true for sure. Uh, it was just amazing all around. Uh, I enjoyed it every single bit. You sing, uh, you're, you're ready, fired up, excited to go back and uh, – and be a, a sophomore and be the big man on campus? Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. Again, talking to Lil Q right here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. He's sitting next to me. We're trying to figure out what cameras we're supposed to be looking at, but we're having a good time. It's a little <laughs> father and son type moment. And this, you know, don't get to get these experiences all the time, but uh, we're having it right now. And I'll tell you, you don't know because you're away at school. Damon, who's fantastic, he's in the home studios. He's about five foot nothing. Damon, how tall are you? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to incriminate myself on air. No, no. <laughs> yo, yo, so, I'm 5'11". I mean, How tall are you? Don't worry about it. I, I choose <laughs> not to say. Okay, well, so you know he's short, right? If, if he was a little bit taller, he would say that how tall he was. But that's okay. Anyway, DeMond wanted to ask you a few questions because he thinks that he can get me in the hoop game. And I'm trying to tell him. Look, this is – okay, let me ask you this, Q. Before we get to you, DeMond, we had DeMond's girl on named Kayla, right? And they have been best friends, I say that in air quotes, for 12 years. He said that he was on the hoop, uh, the hoop team at his high school. 
and he said he was a captain. So I asked her, hey, did you ever see DeMond on the court? And she said, no. <laughs> so <laughs> do you have any friends from high school that never saw you on the court? Nope. <laughs> Everybody that knows you from high school knew you were on the court, right? Yeah, and that's what I was known for because I was hooping. Boom. There it is right there. Now, DeMond, go ahead and, and, and come on. You said you wanted to pepper him. Go ahead. I was going to ask him, cool. Like, see, you, had, you threw me completely under the bus right now. It happened. Did it not happen? <laughs> it, it, it was something like that. But, you know, she never went to the games, though. So, I mean, come on, we can't take her word for it. Okay. But, again, look, Q didn't have to have one person go to the game. They all knew, like he said, that's what I was known for, hooping. I mean, okay. Yeah, <laughs> he in college right now. You know we can hoop. <laughs> this is about you and me. Okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> ask him your question then. Whatever you got, man, go for it. All right, Q, he said that he got you got his skills from him. So did he teach you? Was this like some coaching coming up that you got along the way from all your coaches, or is it like, yo, your pops, you got your skills from? Uh, I think I got my skills from my dad, but I'm better than him, so. Facts. <laughs> Facts. But it all started from him, just watching him and playing with him all the time. Boom. It just came from him. All right, so how good is he really? What's his specialty? Tell me you try to pick apart his game. Uh, He's basically bully ball. He's just going to post you up and drive you to the rack every time. All day. What do I tell you, DeMond? What do I tell you I'm going to do? Take you to the rim all the time. I, I'm too strong for that, though, Q. You see, you're making fun of the height, but, man, all I got to do is put this form in your back, and that ain't going <laughs> to work on me, man. Now, I asked my son, how many times have you seen someone probably stronger than me that decided that they were going to try to try to put their, their arm in my back and think it's going to stop me? Hey, it ain't, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying, Damon. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's just facts in, in this game, right? Now, I am a little older, but I at one point used to jump out the gym. Obviously, I'm not jumping out the gym anymore, but I still got, I still got the skills. So there's that. I mean, this is, a, this is biased representation right here. How's it by? You're asking the questions. I My mean, man. but we can't. T like, if this was in court, you know, we got to dismiss this witness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine. No doubt about it. Well, Q, before we, before we let you go, uh, who's some of the, your, your favorite players coming up right now? Like, Kyrie, I know you're a big Kyrie guy. Kyrie's on the move. Where Kyrie. do you think he's going to end up? I feel like he's going to L.A. He's, he's been showing all the signs. Like, he just got – didn't he get, like, a mansion? In L.A.? I believe so. He was at the Sparks game last yeah. night, too. You know, he's, teaming back up with he's LeBron. He's all the signs. Right? I think he's going to go to L.A. Okay. All right. And I know you're a big Trey Young fan. Matter of fact, you met him for the first time. We were at the Orleans Arena, and you were able to meet him. What What do you thought on, on what Trey Young, Ice Trey, has been able to do? It's incredible. I, I, I knew he was going to come into this league and go crazy like, like how he is right now. Yeah, he it's looks just, good. It's, gonna, it's crazy. He's getting better every year, too. Yeah. No, no, he really is. Who, who's a couple other your your favorite players right now that you're checking out? Uh, I say Jalen Green only because, you know, he's from my hometown. Yeah. So I, just, I grew up playing against him all the time. So I've just been watching him. Uh, let's see. He was here last night, matter of fact, sitting yeah. courtside. You're going to be sitting courtside one of these days, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, my man. Well, I definitely uh, appreciate you spending uh, some time here hanging out and, uh, you know, talking a little trash with DeMond because, as you can tell, talking trash with DeMond is a lot of fun, and that's, that's what I like to do. DeMond, you got any questions for him before we let him go? Oh, real quick, real quick. Because, um, like, Jaden Harden, he went in the second round, and he was the number two, like, player coming out in high school. Do you think, because I know you over in Western Oregon, is that a big jump from, like, D1 players and D2 players in your mind? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that's a big jump. 
I think everything everything is pretty much the same to me. It's just a, it's a matter of how hard you work and what what you get out of it. Boom. There. Hey, you know what? What I tell you all the time, Demond, you get out, but you put in. And the one thing this man can tell you, and he'll, he'll I, I can walk away and he can tell you that he sees his daddy putting in all the work. So that's why we get out what we get out. You put the work in, you'll get out of it. So there you go. Now, now you got the lessons, DeMond, so maybe get on the court and you can practice and maybe have an opportunity against me. Hold on real quick. Like I said, man, I'll pay for his $10. We can go to the UNLV court. It's right around the corner from the Thomas and Mac on UNLV campus. Yo, all you got to do is pay $10 to get in, and I, I'll show y'all. I don't need $10. I, I, look, man, I got a key to the city, homeboy. If you're still paying, that tells me all I need to know. I still got my student ID, and it still works. <laughs> and you're still paying? <laughs> I'm getting in for free. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you keep your $10 in your pocket. You're going to need it for a Gatorade and a stretcher when I'm done with, uh, with you. But, uh, all right, we're going to let Lil' Q go, who, again, is not very little because he's the, he's the big man on campus. But I definitely appreciate you, my man. Coming up next, Brad Spielberg of Pro Football Focus. He'll join us to break down all things Raiders, Devontae Adams, and more. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Been going fast and furious as we're at the Thomas and Mack Center right now for Summer League Action 2023. 2K23 is what they're calling it. A lot of good stuff going on. Always love to be here. Had some really good guests on the show so far. Victoria Hernandez, community engagement producer for USA Today, Sports Plus. Mo DeKeel from the JumpBall.net and Bleacher Report. Just had an impromptu visit from Lil Q talking all things hoop and what he's seeing out there on the court. And right now on the phone lines from Pro Football Focus is one of our good buddies, Brad Spielberger. And, Brad, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you and saw your piece about the best offseason move for all 16 teams. And I don't think it should be a surprise to anyone in Raider Nation that trading for Devontae Adams was the best move the Silver and Black made. But I look at that move and I say, you know what, it was the best move but for multiple reasons because it's going to help out the, the whole team in general. It's not just a Derek Carr and, and Devontae Adams type of situation. But what do you think the biggest, the biggest key will be for Devontae Adams, now a member of the Raiders? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you 100%, and thanks for having me. You know, I think he is a guy that makes everyone around him better as well. So bringing him in, if, if Darren Waller gets some one-on-one looks, he's going to dominate. Um, obviously, Hunter Renfro is going to get his, and I think – one stat that actually came up during writing the article about somebody else, but I noticed it with Devontae Adams. And I think with Derek Carr behind an offensive line that has some question marks, has some young players, he's underrated as a quick out guy. I mean, he has a lot of screen passes, a lot of quick slants. If you want to throw in under two and a half seconds and really get the ball out quickly, he has that ability to get free off the line really quickly, and that'll help them a lot. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about because the offensive line has been something we've emphasized a lot. We've talked about it a lot. And, you know, so if he can be that guy and be able to, you know, just get open real quick, that, that should be able to eliminate some of the pressure that the offensive line is going to be facing. 100%. Yeah, and he's known as a, you know, a technician at the line. He can get off the press coverage and, and get open in a hurry. And you, you go back and watch the tape with Aaron Rodgers, and they're running a lot of plays where they're getting the ball in his hands. You know, and he can make guys miss in the open field. He's obviously a bigger guy. Maybe gets associated more with, with his downfield catching ability. I mean, he can do it all, obviously. But, yeah, you can deploy him all over. You can put him in the slot. I, he's just The three of those guys are going to give defenses headaches all season long. 
Now, Brett Favre recently said that he thought that Devontae Adams' production was going to drop because, well, he's not with Aaron Rodgers. He's with Derek Carr. I think that that's kind of a given. I mean, Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers are not the same guy. But is it possible, in your opinion, that less could be more for Adams and the Raiders? You know, it's funny. It certainly possibly is less, but the Packers have also been a very run-heavy football team. Um, you know, the thing there is he was basically the only receiving option, so maybe it comes down a little bit, but I do think they will throw the ball more, and they're also, you know, they're playing the AFC West, they're playing the NFC West out of conference. They might need to throw the ball more later in games and, and be in, you know, single-possession battles where they're throwing the ball a lot. So, Yes, I think less is more, but frankly, he might get as many targets as he's had over the last couple of years just because the nature of the offense and Josh McDaniels wanting to throw the ball more. We're talking right now with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, this offseason, I know we talked about Devontae Adams, but this offseason the Raiders and the new regime also went out and extended Max Crosby, a guy that's done really well since coming into the league. Uh, how important was that? Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be the best thing that they did, but how important was that, especially for a new regime to come in and focus in on the defense and give a guy like Crosby, a young up-and-coming star, uh, a, a contract extension like they did? Yeah, it's hugely important for a couple reasons. So, number one, you mentioned the new regime, and over the years, there's been a bunch of stories about new new camps coming in, and they'll you know sign some free agents, or they'll trade for players, or they, and they don't take care of some of the homegrown guys, and it can create a rift sometimes. So, I think you come in, and right away, you say, look, this guy came in, he's obviously not our regime's drastic, but he's worked his ass off, he's one of the best players on this team, so from that perspective, huge, and then secondly, just like with Colton Miller, which maybe was a bit more, you know, not controversial, but a bit more of a question mark because he was not showing elite-level play, you get that early extension done, and he was, you know, elite last year, a really good left tackle last year, so you get some value there. I think the same thing with Max Crosby coming out of this 2019 class, you get his deal done before all those first-rounders and Nick Bosa and Josh Allen and all those guys, and I think his deal is going to look like a value. It already is, and it might age even more of a value in the next, you know, before the season starts or maybe next year. And then Carr and Hunter Renfro, they also get extended. And, and the thing I've been saying, Brad, I've been looking at the way that they structured these contracts. To me, it felt like they gave themselves like a three-year window, a three-year pocket to go and get it done. And then if they don't get it done, okay, then they'll, you know, revisit some things. But did you kind of see that that structure was, was around that three-year window type thing? 110%. And I think it's probably the way to go about it. With Devontae Adams entering his age 30 season, Chandler Jones obviously going to be 32 this year. So you, don't, you know it's a short window for two of your most pivotal guys on either side of the ball, and you might as well kind of line up the other guys. Derek Carr's deal is very, very team-friendly. I think he came out and said, you know, I was convinced by this new regime to kind of be like Tom Brady and leave some money on the table. I know it is the $40 million per year, but if you look at the payout and how he actually gets paid, it is a very team-friendly structure. And then, yeah, with Renfro, you know, tack on two years, give him the extension he deserves as a late draft pick. But don't, you know, push it down four or five years down the road. See what you can do with this group, with this core, the next couple of years. And then, you know, maybe extend them or hit the reset and maybe, you know, try to start things over again. You know, and with Renfro, I mean, he's got an opportunity, uh, depending on how he plays, and I think he's going to do really well in this Josh McDaniels offense. He has an opportunity to sign another big deal. So, I mean, for a late-round pick to get multiple uh, nice contract extensions, that could be big for Hunter. 100%. And, yeah, I mean, these guys in this Josh McDaniels offense that can in the slot, they can get open quickly, can manipulate zone coverage, and just know how to manipulate the you know, defenders. And, 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 obviously, his route running is top-notch. 100%. He could maybe 
sign another deal before he turns 30, a bit of an older prospect, obviously, you know, gets poached fun for a little bit for how old he was coming out, but he could sign another decent deal, yeah, a couple years down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're talking with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We're live at the Thomas and Mack Center for Summer League action. What about Darren Waller? He's got two years left on his deal, but no guaranteed money. The Raiders have salary cap space they created post-June 1st. Uh, do you think that he gets something done, or do you think he should get something done, at least giving him some guaranteed money for this upcoming year? He definitely should get something done, and I do think he will. I think maybe there's the possibility that they're waiting on these two franchise tag tight ends. A week from today is a deadline for those guys to either get a multi-year extension or they have to play the season out on the franchise tag. So maybe it's Waller's camp and not even the Raiders' camp that's currently holding things up and saying, look, we know he's going to be there. He's not going to hold out or anything like that. But if Mike Kosicki in Miami or Dalton Schultz maybe you know expands upon this tight end market, maybe even surpasses George Kittle, at $15 million per year, then Waller will come back and say, we have a more defined market. I know exactly what I want. We've seen a tight end you know, get a big deal this offseason already in David Njoku. Um, I do. I think it will get done. I think they're just being patient and kind of letting some other things around the league play out. Wanted to ask you a couple quick defensive questions, and especially when it comes to the cornerbacks. We know that they have Trayvon Mullen. He's been a starter, but he's been banged up. At least last year he was banged up. And then they traded for Rocky Sin, so you kind of assume that those are going to be the two guys. But Anthony Averett, what he was able to do in Baltimore when he was forced into action due to injuries, it seemed pretty good, especially in that, in that press man coverage. What do you think Anthony Averett can bring to the table for the Raiders this upcoming year? Yeah, he made the most of his opportunity in Baltimore, no question. And, and they were down several, several players. It took a lot for him to get out there. But, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, I think he is can play in diverse stats. If they want to bring some of that man coverage over um, with Patrick Gam, if they want to play more zone like they had last year, you know, because the defense played so well and Gus Bradley's, you know, cover three heavy system, I, I think he has the ability to play, you know, different ways. And, obviously, there is no organization that does a better job with secondary players than the Baltimore Ravens. And I guess maybe them and the Patriots, um, so you kind of get the best of both worlds there. I, I agree with you. I think he showed a lot last year and could be, you know, if there are some injuries again, you can feel comfortable and feel safe with him playing on the outside. Talking right now with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man demond has got one for you. Yeah, Brad, on your piece for the NFC side of things, the best move for the Cardinals, it was not matching Christian Kirk or Chandler Jones. Now, with the Raiders signing Chandler Jones, do you think that it was just a good signing for the Raiders, or maybe not the Cardinals, because they're not on the same like trajectory when it comes to like going for a Super Bowl, or do you think that Chandler Jones is in due for a layoff? I think it's more the, the first point. You know, I, I think the Cardinals they kind of spent like crazy the offseason prior, did not have the, the results they wanted, and it just sounded like them and Chandler Jones could never get on the same page. You know, he almost kind of threatened to hold out going into last season, even in, in Arizona. Um, you know, but I will say, I'll be honest, you know, it's a really strong deal for him. I'm not saying he's going to fall off. Uh, but he has also dealt with some injuries the last couple of years. Um, and, and he's still an elite, elite pass rusher. I mean, one of the best pass rushers in football. But you watched the tape a little bit last year, even the year before. You know, he used to be a great run defender and a pass rusher. Again, it could be because of the injuries, but he seemed a little bit more one-dimensional. Um, but, yeah, again, I think like we're talking about the context of the roster is important. If the Raiders are going to trade for Devontae Adams and extend all these guys, why not go out and make one more big splash move? and maybe have the best pass rushing duo in the NFL potentially if both guys do stay healthy and play well. 
Final question for you. What about Indominus Sue? He's, he's been a guy that's kind of been uh, very vocal about wanting to join the Raiders. Uh, I know that the Raiders are going to be running pretty much a 3-4 uh, base scheme. And, I mean, look, he's a football player, so he'll adapt and he'll be fine. But do you think that the Raiders need him in the interior of the defensive line? Yeah, need maybe a little bit too far, but I do think they could use some juice on the interior. I like Bilal Nichols a lot. You know, he's not a game-wrecking player, but he's a very solid guy from Chicago. They signed to a, you know, a modest two-year deal. Can move him all over, plays him a nose, plays him a three-tech, five-tech. Um, so I think, and, and he's a good fit in a 3-4 scheme. Um, but yeah, I do think you bring in a guy like Adamican Sue, who's not the Adamican Sue of old, but still right. a very productive player on fewer snaps, um, then those guys on the edge could probably just go to work. Because he can clog up the middle so much that, you know, the guys on the edge can just pin their ears back and get up to the quarterback. He could be that final cog to take the defensive line from good to great. There he is. He's Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus with us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. You got anything else coming out that we need to be on the lookout for, Brad? Yeah, we'll be taking a look next week at teams that do the best with their signings, kind of how much value they get out of them. Um, looking back historically, I would guess the Raiders aren't going to fare too well, but I think they have done a better job the last couple of, the last couple of years, so, so keep an eye out for that. I will, definitely. Hey, your, your work is fantastic. We always appreciate your insight. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. You too. All right, there he goes. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus breaking it down. Good get, DeMond. I like that one. A really good get as far as just breaking down the 16 AFC teams that uh, had the best offseason moves. Of course, like you mentioned, he had the NFC teams as well. But we really wanted to focus in on the AFC and the Raiders with Devontae Adams. 342 is the time. We're live here at Thomas and Mack, baby. Summer League action is going on right now. Uh, it must be halftime because it got a little bit quiet, but uh, there's games going on. The beautiful thing is you can get a ticket. I think it's general admission is about 40 bucks. You can get one ticket, and you can watch seven or eight games, right? I mean, that's the thing. You get all this action. It's not like you're just one game and you're out. And as uh, Little Q said and others said, it's general admission. So you just go in and you find a place to sit, and you're good to go. Wherever you want to sit, wherever you want to hang out, you're cool. You can post up there all day long if you want, and you'll be good. So uh, if you're trying to get out of the heat, and it is hot outside, if you're trying to get out of the heat and you want to take uh, your kids to a family-friendly event, it's another thing you could do. People always talk about, oh, you're in Vegas. You only can do things for adults. No, 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 no. There's plenty of things, including coming here to the Thomas and Mac and enjoying some summer league action. 3.43 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio. Hey, 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We've been having a lot of fun today. 3.46 is the time. We're at the Thomas and Mac. Summer League action is going on. We're going to be here. Of course, Cofield and company are going to be here from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas throughout the course of next week. Our Spanish station is going to be here. I mean, we've got everyone locked in here at Summer League, so we definitely encourage you to be out here and hang out and enjoy some of this great basketball action. And the thing about it is these are all young and up-and-coming stars, so this is going to be the opportunity for you to get up close and personal and meet that person and then see them, you know, on game day and be like, oh, I remember when I saw them walk right past me at the Thomas and Mac, or I remember when I went and asked that guy for a picture, this, that, and the other. I mean, it's, it's real accessible. These guys are very accessible right now, and it's a fun time to be out here. So uh, always appreciate our time that we have at the Thomas and Mac and always appreciate our time we have with you as well on the radio. My man, Damon Cotton's back in the home studio. He's been making everything go. We've had a lot of different subjects that we've talked about. We've thrown out the question, and I'll throw it out there again to you because, well, that's just what I do. 707-654-4693. If you had to explain who and what 
the Raiders were to a fan that knew nothing about the team, what would you say? 702-365-9200. Again, Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. we got plenty to get to as we still have a whole other hour left of the show to go. But let's go out to the phone line and talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, dude? Were you trying to make us cry, man, putting your son on there? Man? <laughs> That's my hey, guy. Man, that was crazy, man. Hey, look, you know, I, I, I know it, it don't seem – it's like much to you, but it that that was great, man. I really appreciate that, man. I've been a Raiders fan for a long time, and nobody ever I ever heard put the the kid on, and that that was great, man. That I I, I just love moments like that, man. That's a moment we gotta cherish, it, man, because you're a good dude and you deserve that and your son. But hey, question for you: it, You guys are talking. I, I heard um, that you. You stated that the Raider fans, you know, is split. No, no, we're not split. Look, I, I traveled to games. I went to the New Orleans game. I've been to all over. The, I, I traveled with the Raiders. I went to the game at, at, at the stadiums and stuff. We all, even when I go to the store, people high-fiving us. I'm in L.A., and we people high-fiving us. And, and it's not it's not that. It's You know, the one thing everybody is kind of like in between is, is their car. I mean, when you bring up Derek Carr, it's, it's split. And, and that's fine because Dallas fans, I got a boy that's a Cowboys yeah. fan, they yep. split with that, that press guy. They want Derek Carr. They want Derek Carr. Q, it ain't no, it, there's no fighting among us. We might disagree, but when you see a Raider fan and any Raider fan, anybody can call and tell you this. They will, we will dap up. Hey man, how you? What you think about this season? Go. I talk to people all the time, so don't let we we don't want no negativity coming into the season that the Raider fans uh, are arguing against each other. That's not true. That's way from there. Maybe a few that might not agree, but but we don't want that kind of uh, nonsense coming into the season. And also, I, I want to ask you one question about the about uh, me and you. Me and you agree with uh, Trayvon Mullen. What, what's his what's his statue now as far as his injury? Is he is he going to be ready for our camp? Hey, good call, man. I appreciate you. And uh, let's start with Trayvon Mullen. I'm not sure. That's one of my big storylines going into into camp. That's I have about five storylines that I was paying attention to, and one of the major ones was the health, the health of Trayvon Mullen, the health of Denzel Good, the health of Josh Jacobs, the health of Kenyon Drake. You know, guys like that. That's a great question. You know, I don't, I don't know. We haven't heard any updates on Trayvon Mullen, but we know he had offseason surgery. But he said, and he put out on Twitter that it was minor. So I hope for his sake he can get out there and be prepared and be ready right away because uh, that's the thing. You're gonna need, you're gonna need more time on the field, more reps because this is new. So that's, that's the thing with Trayvon Mullen. So if we get an update, I'll definitely pass that along to you and let you know. Uh, as far as the, the fan base, you're right. I, I don't want to see them split. I just know from our point of view, and, Damon, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, from where we're at and, and our interaction that we have on the daily, and, it's, and this is just a, probably a small pocket like you mentioned, there's, there's a lot of, of, of back and forth. And maybe it's just because it's the offseason and everyone's just on edge. I mean, and that, that could be it. But I, it seems to be there's a lot of infighting going on, which to me is, is unnecessary. Like you said, there's no reason for that because, again, uh, everyone's wearing the same colors. Everyone's repping the same team, you know. So, so hopefully, hopefully you're right. I, I have no problem being wrong. Believe me. <laughs> I, I actually hope that I'm wrong. 
No, Q, I don't think that you're wrong, but I think that some of the times on Twitter, it's a vocal minority that's like that's being yeah. so loud, yeah. and we're we're still so online because major, of work. Right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. maybe when you're going to a game and you're like hitting it up with some Raider fans, everybody's wearing a Raider jersey. Somebody yeah. sees you in Walmart with a Raider jersey on, you're like, Q, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, because you're probably just not plugged in online like that. Right, we're no. just like the smallest thing happens, and you got somebody like, I'm so done with this team. I'm tired <laughs> of this. And, and like, it, it, it is small. <laughs> and, and look, I'll tell you this. And like social media, I always tell you is you know is is a is a bear because it's it is a small uh, portion. It doesn't represent the whole fan base. I I totally get that. Uh, it just again, it just seems like from things that I hear, things that I read, and again, a lot of my time was spent online. Unfortunately, a lot of my time was spent you know talking to this person, that person, or the other. And it just seems like there's always a lot of negativity coming back. But again, I I have no problem being wrong. I actually hope to be wrong right I just know you know for a matter of fact that uh, what we try to do here is we try to uh, you know bring as much information and try to stay as plugged in when it comes to the team as possible uh, good or bad we try to we try to make sure that we bring it to the table because what I know coming up and what really made me want to get into podcasts before I even did before I even did was out on this radio station was there was never enough Raider information for me when the Raiders were going to the Super Bowl, ultimately lost to Tampa Bay, I remember looking up, and I remember used to saying every night, like, why aren't they talking about the Raiders? They're about to go to the Super Bowl. It'd be like the last thing that came on the Sports Center, and that's where the, the national media hates the Raiders mentality comes from. Well, now there's plenty of outlets. There's plenty of people that are Raider. Um, they, they create content, content creators. They do fantastic jobs, and I'm not just talking about myself. I, I, you know, I do a podcast, the Lockdown Raiders podcast, but there's a thousand of them out there right now. And that's the great thing. Depending on what you want, what you're looking for, it's out there for you. And that's what I think is awesome. That's what I really love is the fact that there's so many passionate Raider fans that they want to put, you know, products out there. You know, James Arcelana is the guy who got me going uh, on the podcast to begin with. If it wasn't for James Arcelana, I probably wouldn't be here today because he's the one who got me on the very first Raider podcast that I ever did. That was the Black Hole Banter. And that was just two cats. He was in Oakland and I was in Texas. And we were just yapping it up, talking Raiders. You know, we do it once a week and it was fun. And, and matter of fact, our epic year was that 2016 season, right? We just got blessed, right? We got blessed where it was that fantastic season when the Raiders go to the playoffs. And, you know, we all know what happened with Derek Carr. But, man, that was, that was a season. It was like, whoa, this is what you guys are doing? Great. This, you know, and so that, that parlayed me into doing the Locked On Raiders podcast. But there is, I mean, just a list of plenty of, of Raider uh, content that's out there. And that's great, including this radio station. So that's all we try to do is try to bring as much – content to the table so you're never one that could say oh my gosh I don't have any Raider information you know because again that used to drive me crazy when there was no or not enough uh, Raider content out there for me so that that's all we're doing and trying to do got a text from a uh, big deuce 69187 keyword R&R uh, that's hella cool have a little cue on question could or would he transfer to UNLV I look man <laughs> look dog <laughs> I've been, you know what we say earlier, manifest it and it'll happen. I've been throwing it out there multiple times. And, and I'm not going to lie, when I was in Central Texas, I was trying to, I was trying to will him to Baylor, right? I was trying, because, I, I mean, look, selfishly as a father, I want him here. I want him here with me all the time. And if he can get to, to UNLV, and I, I know he has the ability to play there and, and really play anywhere he wants to. I mean, when he said that he's better than me, he's way better than me. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm raw and I'm just athletic and that's all I did. And that's why I was good. He's... He's polished. He's fundamental. He's, you know, he's got the goods. He takes teaching really well. 
Daddy, not really. His daddy doesn't really take teaching very well. But he's he's got all that. So, yeah, he's he's way better than me. I just was that dude that is so athletic that I'm going to make it happen. So there's that. And that's why I wanted to ask him that question about, dude, does he as a D2 baller think that there's like a different, like a differential level, you know, or talent? Because it's just about the opportunity that these guys get. Right, exactly. Because I'm sure he could go and ball somebody up like that's on UNLV's team right now, and you would think, why is this guy D2 and this guy's D1? Right. And, I mean, that's, again, and like he said, and I've heard him say this before, uh, you know, he was on a, a Q&A, a little question and answer type situation one time, and, and they asked him about the whole recruiting process and what he felt about it, and he said, I, well, I'll tell you, I think I would have been recruited more if I had put in more work. He's one of those guys where the talent – it comes really easy. He figures things out easily. Like, he was that kid that never had training wheels. He was that kid that never had to be taught how to ride a bike. He just got on it and started riding. Like, all of a sudden, he got on and he started taking off. I was like, where the hell are you going? He was out, right? He just, he just, he picks up things naturally. So, sometimes you don't have to work as hard. And so, that, that, was, that was his words. Hey, I didn't, I didn't have to put in as much work to be really successful in high school. I wish I had worked a little harder. I probably would have got more recruiting. But now that he's at Western Oregon and he understands what it is like to play college ball, now he's putting in the work. And you never know what can happen. You know, he, he can – the one thing I know, if you're talented, someone will find you. That's the one thing. If you're talented – look, my dumb ass was in Waco, Texas, right, in the cuts. And Lotus Broadcasting found me and brought me here, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, if you have talent, if you put in the work, somebody will find you. It's facts. I mean, you look across the landscape of, of, uh, of, of sports in general, all professional sports, there's guys from everywhere. Ty- Tyrell Williams – was a Raider, right? You know what school he went to? He went to Western Oregon. Just throwing it out there. You know, I mean, there's, there's cats out there. It don't matter if you're D1, D2, D3. I mean, if you can play, they'll find you. It doesn't matter what sport you're playing. Someone is going to get you. Hell, the Patriots just drafted a guy, what, two seasons ago? In the second round? Was the second round or third round? Uh, that was a, a, a D2 safety? That was their first pick of their – was it Kyle Duger, I think? Yeah, but even their first-round pick this year – have right. scratching their heads. Right, exactly. Again, if you have talent, like you put in the work. State or something. Yeah, they'll find you. Absolutely. 358 is the time. We're here at the Thomas and Mack Center. Summer League's going on right now. When we come back, we'll go in the huddle. What? We're going to go in the huddle? Yeah. Vinny Bonsignor, he's going to join the show. We'll talk Sandra Douglas Morgan and more. This is Rare Nation Radio 920.